Welcome back to the show, Chris Denman, Travis Terrell. It's Thursday, comedy tonight, lots going on around St. Louis. We're happy to be here, you're happy to be here. Uh, on Wednesdays, we usually do uh, Dogs on Film, Travis, you familiar with that? Arf, arf! Hillside Animal Hospital, obviously take your pets there if you uh, are in need of veterinary care. Uh, but Sean is the star of that. He's Gardner's friend. He may have a relationship with vodka that rivals most people's relationship with their significant other. Yeah, pretty but close. But he is who he is. He's helped us. He went and did uh, acrobat training. Mm-hmm. He's done a very, very popular uh, dance that took Twitter by storm mm-hmm. in his underwear. Uh, we've got a new highlight. What's I'd going like on? To, I'd like to take him to the city museum and just have him take some shrooms and then go play oh, around. Does he do that regularly? No, but I've been with people that have done that at the city museum before. I feel like you could. I don't. I've never taken shrooms. Me so neither. Either have I. Yeah. Uh, but they're I know t- Sean they're has. They turn them into medicine now. That's yeah, what's they do the, so mi- the micro dosing of it. <coughs> yeah, but if you took a lot of it, you could see a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to. Maybe that's a little video we can make for him. There you go. Uh, but um, in the city museum recently, he was. In Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. That's right. His lovely 88-year-old father was getting married for the first time. Did he or drive uh, there? Most recent Second time. time. Second yeah. time. Excuse me. Did he drive there? They drove there oh. and back. They drove there and back. That's him and his be wife. about a good nine, ten hours. I don't know how far it is. I didn't even ask. They normally stay over at one place. Oh, okay. okay. I think they stayed in Bloomington. Probably nice this time of year with the winter and yeah. some of the snow. And they had some snow up there. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, Sean and his brothers performed at this wedding because at other weddings in their family the dad and the cousins and that are normally They're singing the ones some irish okay. ditty at the at the uh, wedding sometimes it's part of the performance other times it's just impromptu at the bar with some you know beverages involved beforehand uh but sean and his brothers did a prepared one where they did an irish ditty with some choreography. And oh, I wow. I have a little video of it. Okay. I just wanted to have everyone get a chance to see this. So What's your favorite Irish song, Travis? I uh, Whoop, There It Is. Whoop, There It Is. Mm. Mine's Fairy Tale of New York. If I go, well, it, I guess it's technically, it's not Is that the song Irish. that was being played in Gangs of New York? No, no I don't know. I haven't seen Gangs of New Such York. Such a good movie. The boys of the NYPD choir still singing. Oh. My favorite line in that song? I could have been someone. Well, so could anyone. I love that line. That's a good line. Best Christmas song there is. Best Christmas song in the world. Uh, But here's Sean and his brothers. John looks good, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> look at Sean's moves. <laughs> Get up here. There we go. Oh, there, yeah, barely off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that was just lovely. Uh huh. How delightful is that? that By the job? way, I so his uh, other brothers, are they twins? No, 
just, just the look. They just look different than they Sean. They just look different than Sean. Okay. Okay. Now, is Sean the oldest? Uh, I don't know, actually. Okay. Sean is just... He's, Sean just exists. He's different than his brothers. I'm to. He's a different breed. What I love about Sean, Sean is so genuine, uh, yet uh-huh. so you so uh, unusual. But he is so genuine, and because he's so genuine, he's such a treat to watch. Yeah. And you can tell how... Like a guy, like when you tell me sometimes that he's like, he was having a tough time, he was getting very nervous about what he was going to say. Like, I can't envision a guy like Sean who is so in touch with himself. He knows what he is that he would be that nervous to do something just, like that. He cares a lot. But then that's why I think he's it's so awesome. That's why I love Sean because you can tell that's he just cares. That's why people gravitate yes. towards him. You can, they, you can tell. You can easily tell that he's one of those people. Because you're like, man, life can be tough sometimes. But. You're just a decent person. Yeah. People will gravitate towards you. And Sean has lived experiences. Yeah. <laughs> he has lived it. Like every time I hear a new Sean story, I go, that would be great for a personal essay. I wish that was my life. You know life. what we did last, last <laughs> night? It took like five minutes and that was it. But I went back to something he told us during Dogs on Film once during the chit chat portion where he had seen, he, he said he had been in London in the early 80s to see the Kinks play. And he had to sneak in to go there, but he almost missed the concert because he ended up going to hanging out with these Jamaican fellas in their apartment and getting high before the concert. Oh, he just met them, and then they end up at this apartment. And so I'm like, well, where, where do you know where this was? Because I was ask, I was talking to him about another group called the Shins, and I was mentioning a music venue they bring up in a song called Corn, the Corn Exchange. Uh, that's I don't think in London though. And so he's like, I don't know. He's like, maybe we can find out. And I go, well, let's see if they have like a tour list. And he's like, I was there, I think, in June or July. And I'm like, okay. I go, well, here's a June performance in London. At, you found it on, at, on the internet. On the internet. They had like a list of where they traveled. Okay. And their set list from all these. Okay. It's from 1981. Right. And Sean's like, yeah, that's it. That's it. And I go, okay, well, let's, let's, he's like, I can remember what the building looks like. See if you can find a picture. And so I'm like, okay, where's the, it's the Rainbow Theater. Okay. And I look it up. Here's a picture. It pops up. It's actually an interesting architectural building and the street design there, too. And it pops up on the screen. That's it! That's the place! So we found the theater That's insane. that Sean saw the kinks. And it might have been Bob Dylan, too, Shut at up. this show. In 1981 in London. And it this place shut down. It, when you look, it has a Wikipedia page. But it's had James Brown. It's had all these other people that are Queen that have performed at it. But 1981 was the last year of the venue. It shut down on Christmas Eve in 1981, and it's now like a evangelical church or something. Of course, it is. Now they were going to turn it into a bingo hall, apparently initially, <laughs> but it's like a landmark there now, and and it's now it's been a church since the mid 90s. Sean is like the uh, the Irishman uh, Forrest Gump version. Mm-hmm. Like he has seen and done it all. But as an Irishman, like yeah, it's very fascinating. Like yeah. his, 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 where he falls throughout the entire timeline that is recent history. He's lived in some places. He's lived some places and lived some lives. And, and here's the funny yeah. thing is, I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like Sean has only told you about 30% of the stories. The thing, it's like I don't even think you've, I don't think you've heard half of his remember. stories. Like I, I feel like there are stories that he is going to share over time with you that he knows could 
incriminate you at some point. So yeah. I think he's only telling you these stories now because he knows uh, statute of limitations. Well, it, what I enjoy, what this segment has done, number one, Sean does a great job with it, with Dogs on Film. But it has allowed me to document some of the <laughs> stories of Sean that I didn't even know about. See, there you go. So, and like people around <laughs> us didn't know about, like, because something random will come off. I'm like, what about this? And then we're, oh yeah, well here's what I was doing at that time. And you're like, and then this whole story follows. And you're like, what the? Fuck? You know, now you're the guy, you know, in Law and Order. You know, when the detectives need to find out more information about Sean, you're yeah. the guy they're gonna go to. And they're going to yeah. say, look, we know we he told you this story. like So you need to explain here's the, to here's us. Here's all the dogs where, on film clips. Yeah, Go through yeah, them all. Yeah. So they're going to sit at the police headquarters one day, just listen to them laughing, get distracted from what they were actually doing. Because mm-hmm. I've heard one story from Sean that I don't think he's told in dogs on film yet where Sean broke his back in a car accident in Texas and like was stuck in Texas for a couple months because he was in the hospital. Like flew outside, flew out of a car and like broke his back. And so, like, they had to, like, he had to be laid up in a hospital in Texas for a number is, of months. That doesn't, that only happens to Sean. Yeah. And he's still, I say he's a medical marvel. He's, he's got, got a tumor be. in his head that's calcified. He was farting out of his penis at one time. Yeah, I had to have surgery to correct that. Ah, that wasn't fine. He's got diabetes. We were wondering when he's, I mean, there's touch and go times where he's had issues with the feet. Um, oh, boy. So. Well, let's get him a, let's get him a Peloton. That's what we should do. They got, they got that exercise they bike got in the there. Yeah. Maybe he too can lose, according to this young lady, four pounds in one year. Uh, this ad is hilarious. I was watching this with someone actually, and uh, it was during, I think we were streaming something, or we were watching, we were binging through something, and I guess, I think it was on Hulu. Uh-huh. And so, like, their commercials are 30 seconds, but they're the same commercials. And this commercial, I guess Peloton must have bought up a shit ton of airtime on, I guess, Hulu. And so this commercial would constantly come up. And every time we would watch it, I would go, okay, wait, this is a year later after purchasing the Peloton. She seems like that's like an emotional experience. She looks like she's going through, Mm -hmm. but I'm not okay to each his own. She looks the same. But I thought this to myself and I couldn't tweet it because daddy didn't on Twitter. So we just, the person I was watching it with, we're all thinking that's just, this is just a silly, silly commercial because it makes no sense. I didn't realize the internet had absolutely just gone after this ad. So, what, so what's the whole story? About all right. It? So this ad is a Peloton ad. It's uh, and for those who don't know what a Peloton is, it's one of the the really cool bikes uh, that you can uh, there. It's a stationary a stationary bike. bike, and it has yeah, the TV, yeah, yeah. and it's got the person on it that's motivating you to you know you got another mountain to climb and right. that whole thing. Uh, no, I, I yeah, yeah, I understand. Uh, what it is. I, mean, I would have ad, shown I would have shown the ad, but it has a popular song in it, and yeah. I didn't know if it would shut us down or not uh but the ad is of this very nice looking young lady and it looks like she's doing a self diary over the time of her purchase of this peloton and throughout the experience it looks like a real serious emotional journey uh she includes a wake up at 6 a.m working out five days in a row and concludes with a shot of her on the couch with her partner at the end of the year watching the selfie diary together on a tv the entire ad is set to the uplifting tune of Tal Bachman's 1999 hit, She's So High. Oh, that's a great song. She's so high. A year Wait, ago. So, okay. And so she says at the end of the commercial, a year ago, I didn't realize how much this would change me. The selfie version of the woman says on TV as the seated couple watch. Thank you 
she says as it concludes. Viewers felt that the woman's diary kind of looked like a cry for help or an excerpt from a dystopian film uh, with one person tweeting, the only way to enjoy that Peloton ad is to think of it as the first minute of an episode of Black Mirror. Oh, wow. <laughs> you think the guy's pissed off? He's like, do you know how much I spent on that Peloton and your gift back to me is a stupid video? And now we're just ridiculed throughout the world. <laughs> What a... Um, I think, like, I know they took a lot of grief, and they even, Peloton put out, like, uh, sorry, they, they our, our ad was misinterpreted yeah. or whatever. But they well, really they, stand but, by But, it, yeah. like, it Their wasn't... stock dropped, too. It I wasn't guess. directed to, like, a person like me. Right. Like, I'm not that group. Like, there might be people that want something like that. Oh. That is not me. Now, my issue would be, like, hey, did, like, if, did she ask for this? If she asked for this, then, yeah, okay. Well, that right. makes sense. But oh, was yeah, it, if you was dated it, somebody who's really into fitness stuff. But like, if it wasn't asked for or anything like that, and that becomes the gift, then you're just kind of like, well, what's this for? Because it wasn't, like, right. It was. It was very peculiar. Like, if you, like, I think, yeah, if it was a... I just don't relate, I think, is the Well, thing. yeah, definitely. <laughs> if there's a couple things. Like, I think if it was simply an ad that it's to the to the athletic person that likes getting up at 8 a.m. and working out like that would have made more sense but it made it look like she had to go through this journey when the woman by all looks at least appearances looked just fine and then to your point did the partner give it to her because it's something she wanted to do it it just felt weird but and if that's the case that's that completely sure. changes the thing oh but it, it, it just feels like like if you watch the commercial it's it's so over the top and dramatic to the point you're just like, sweetie, it's a stationary bike. It's okay, work out. But you're taking this it as if it was more like she needed St. Louis counseling. Then yeah, she was crying. Like it was like what type of what shit is going on in your relationship? Maybe treat her better, <laughs> sir. Uh, the the someone said uh, not only was it a tad bit unrealistic, it really highlighted a, probably a problem with the Peloton bike because the price tag will set you back close to $2,245. It's more than my scooter that actually takes you places. That's hilarious. (laughs) Now I guess I'm not working out. (laughs) I love putting my Peloton bike in the most striking area of my ultra-modern $3 million home. (laughs) (laughs) I had a carpenter build a $9,000 finished wood riser for my Peloton bike (laughs) in my glass-enclosed Zen Garden home gym. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the yeah. Peloton commercial would be better if at the end you found out she used to train hard every day so that the following year she could beat the shit out of her husband for <laughs> buying her an exercise bike for Christmas. <laughs> I, I have to say, this is what I miss about my Twitter. Yeah. This is what I miss about it. Like I said, I, I was not the target audience of by any of that. I was, thought it was curious. I'm not outraged by it, but I thought it was curious. But once again, <laughs> I don't relate to anything in that commercial at all. Not a single thing. Overall, I'm just confused at the whole... Uh, like, uh, I, Have I you seen the commercial? I'm going to watch it after it's, this. It's, it's really mean, weird. It's very weird commercial. Like, it makes sense for a stationary bike commercial, but... It's just weird. It's, I don't know how to. Well, the whole thing is it's just, just like odd. It's congrats not my to them lifestyle. for coming it's up not... with this crazy, stupid idea of two thousand dollar exercise bikes, uh, and it works really well. Like considering how much people spend on exercise equipment in general in a given year, it's not the craziest price in the world. It's but it's just twenty two. But I mean, considering that if you people spend that much on private trainers, there's always a thing to be said. It's like, hey, if this, if the Peloton branding and classes. Mm-hmm. This is what saves you, yeah, 2000 bucks plus whatever else you pay. 
that's a whole lot less than a heart attack. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. That's fine. Can we get one and just put it in my parents' house and document them over the year? And see what, what, what laundry ends up yeah. on. If no one does this, if no one actually does the Peloton, we should start that. We should start the Peloton challenge, and we all do a yearly diary, and we just go. We go to the Peloton store. We go to a friend's house oh. where they have a Peloton. Maybe that's what it. We just must go to be a Peloton winter now. Store. Look at what coats are hanging on there. Oh, it's summertime. That's exactly what's going to happen. There's swim trunks, right? In a beach towel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, the winter jacket's out. There's a lady talk, muffled talking on the television screen over the beach towels hanging over. Yeah. Where have you been? Right. I'm on the beach, bitch. I, this is good for Peloton. This is probably the best ad. Uh, probably, they, got, they got some advertising out. I'm sure there's yeah. going to be people like, man, they're going to make fun of it. But they probably sold a good, you would think, about two to 300 more units just off this alone, right? <laughs> Shelly, where's my work shirt? It's on the Peloton. <laughs> Yeah, that's how that usually works out. Where are my boots? They're on the pedals. Whatever steps, whatever the hell it is. All right. Hmm. So no Peloton for us, huh? I don't think we're getting one anytime soon. Okay. I'm about that scooter life. Uh, (laughs) I am curious. I just saw this uh, from our friend uh, Sean on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Different Sean than the uh, dogs on film Sean. He said, why doesn't Mizzou just go ahead and hire Brock Olivo? Are we paying attention to any Mizzou, is the search interesting to you, Travis? I don't know if it's something that I try not to get too caught up in it because it's just every hot name gets brought up and talked about over and over and over because you don't, nobody knows, nobody's in the room, you don't know how the search is going. Is I, it interesting to you? No, it's not. I guess because even who they hire has got like three years of work ahead of them. Yeah, like, and that's, and that's the reality of it. <laughs> I think the thing that you know, whoever they bring in and. They're going to have an uphill climb as far as recruitment, probably retaining <coughs> some quality no. recruits that Barry Odom was able to obtain during his tenure. Uh, it's just it's going to be a massive rebuild. And right now, I mean, just to be a Missouri sports fan, at least <coughs> when it comes to football and basketball, it's just this yeah. is one of the lowest points it's been in quite some time. So I, I don't know. They, got, they have a lot of work to do. Jim Sterk has a lot of like he has to hit a home run or he has to really get – he has to make some serious solid contact with this next hire because they're going to have to they have a lot of work cut out for them and they're they're light years still away from catching a Georgia they're light years they're starting to fall further behind the Floridas uh, Tennessee is looks like they're getting their shit together uh, there are just there's too many other teams right now in the SEC that are starting to get their houses in order and if Mizzou doesn't get it right this go around they can find themselves looking like the Kentuckys the Vanderbilts of this conference, and that's the last thing you want to well, do. Kentucky's so. better than the, well, Kentucky head technically head. head to head. You're right, have, have been better than Missouri. So it's um, it's I, I think I'm I, look. All you can do is just trust the guy in the room. Is Jim Sterk. They hired him for this moment, and look, he has to step up. <laughs> Otherwise, he knows his job could be next as well. Mm-hmm. And as uh, we were mentioning a little bit off the air, uh, there seems to have been some type of conversation with some boosters and donors that essentially said, well. Is it going to be Sterk or is it going to be Odom? And it looks like the boosters, the donors, chose Sterk. And they believe he's the guy that's going to be able to write the ship. So he's got to find the, the, the man uh, for you, this this next this head coach. I don't know where he's going to get it from, but he's they got to hit a home run. Why can't it be a woman? It can be a woman. Look, if there's a you woman, ha- to, I don't care. It we're Hallmark be a, feminists, we remember. <laughs> do, you, do you want somebody like Elaine Kiffin or do you want a, an up-and-comer? I don't want Elaine Kiffin because for Elaine Kiffin, <laughs> it's going to be about Elaine Kiffin. 
Uh, and at this point, you need somebody that's for Mizzou. You need someone like, and that's one thing that Barry Odom did have. He was always for Mizzou. Yeah, uh, now he that. wasn't now the the world's uh, greatest end game coach, uh, and his coordinating skills certainly left a lot to be desired. But I, I will say that the guy at least came off as if he put Mizzou first. I don't know if you will be able to say that consistently with Lane I don't need you need you need to hire a coach who you think this is going to be like his dream job. I think you need a coach that's going to be here for at least that you can guarantee be here for five years. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, you, 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 need, you need to start to build a program. Whoever yeah. it is, you need to get to that Gary Pinkle status again where you have somebody that's a bedrock that you know that's going to be there, that you're not going to that's going to field every damn opportunity that's above them. And so Mizzou needs that needs stability. And having a coach come in for just two to three years isn't stability. I don't think and, it's a must. I think if you want to stop the bleeding, you need someone that is a bedrock. You, you can't have a situation where you had it, say, with uh, that's, Mike Anderson. That's kind of what you had with this last hire, too. With Odom? Odom, you think Odom was looking for the next big gig? No, I'm saying that he was the guy that was, was a bedrock. Oh, right, right. So it's not a must to be productive and set the course straight. Um, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of when the Mizzou had Mike Anderson, who was a treat, was amazing what he did for the Missouri basketball program. But we knew at at the at the end of March that his name was going to come up every five seconds for the Arkansas job. Yeah, and, and that's fine, and that that's fine. I'm just saying that too. was his dream job too. But I'm saying ultimately, you you want to be able to have coaches in play that you know aren't going to like we know college football coaches are going to bullshit you but my god we don't want like elaine kiffin a guy that has failed upward a guy that is looking for the next big thing at the right. drop of a hat i don't think mizzou needs and that I, and, put I, it that way. and i wouldn't use lane kiffin as my guy in okay particular okay. it could be a different name like we've joked about less miles oh sure would you take less miles i would not um but if you are going to replace odom and that's the guy. Okay. I think Les Miles is a better coach than Barry Odom. Yeah. Um, and I think Les Miles actually would have, would, I think he would do very well in a lot of living rooms in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. um, He's an actor, too. He is. Look, I, look, but to. It's just, I'm using him as an example to say, look, he might only be here three years, but if that's enough to write the ship and make the job even more desirable, then after that, right. I think you're still okay. Then if you're going to do that, then that has to be a guy that in three years can absolutely. Treat it. You have to say that in three years, you get, he, I need to be in the SEC championship game. Like if you're going to have Fine. a guy that you know that's not going to be here long, then he's got to really. You should, you should not, you're higher of a coach. You should not expect him to be here for 10 years. That's fine. But yeah. I expect him, if he's going to be here for a brief time, and to your point, elevate the program, he needs to make immediate impacts. And only, I can yeah. think of an Urban Meyer, Bob Stoops, and maybe, but, but maybe there, Les Miles who can might, do that. There might be a coordinator type that can do that True. as well that you don't know about. True. That's, Mike that's Leach excite you? No, not at all. Not at all. Now, conversationally. Now, Southern Missouri will love him, but no, I, I'm, I'll pass. Uh, he'd be interesting. I think, I think. look, if I... I disagree with him and agree with him on other points. Yeah, Dave Matterwood, I mean, he would become a superstar because yeah. of the quotes he'll be able to get from Mike Leach on almost a daily basis. But uh, for the media, I'm sure that's great for them. That'd be great for the Ben Freds and the you know Benny Hawks. But for a fan like myself, I'm good. Nothing he's done at Washington State that makes me go, oh, I'd love to see that in Columbia. Uh -huh. no, I'm good. Lane Kiffin would just be funny. I will. I, I would be entertained as a Mizzou fan. You get a lot of quotes. Why are you leaving Boca though? I don't get that. You wouldn't. No. Not for Columbia in this time of year. 
but I, I you know it'll be fun i it's the, the mix of lane kiffin and the f- student population mm-hmm. at mizzou worries me uh I, it smells like a uh quinn snyder, snyder 2.0 sitch uh but if you're going to replace Odom, you need to be able to have. We got to replace him with a star. We can't replace him with some. I mean, when I say a star, a okay. guy. Let me let me preface that. A person a that rising is star? A, ri- that a rising too? star okay. would be preferable. Someone that has a, a, even a small sample size of a track record of. Oh shit, this guy's putting something together. I'm good with that. Um, but I, I, I they gotta be. Because Mizzou has to do two that, things. That, they that need... Will Healy name keeps popping up. and so I saw one report said that he had interviewed or declined or whatever, but I don't know if to believe with that or anything. But, I mean, there's someone who's considered a rising star, right? Yeah. I, I, I like to the guys I like. I know they've talked about the guy who is the quarterback coach at LSU who's worked with the Heisman winner. Who's wide receivers OB, coach. And wide receivers coach. And he's uh, – Passing he's, game coordinator. And he's expected to get a major pay bump with LSU here soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to do whatever they can to keep him. Uh, but a guy like Napier, who's worked for both Alabama and Clemson, is just appealing to me because this guy has the pedigree. He has the bling to show for it. So that means a lot. Look, if you can go into these homes with these high schools, and we've said it before, even on the radio side, and you can show them some bling and you can mention, oh, yeah, by the way, I coach Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, yeah, by the way, I coach Amari Cooper. Oh, yeah, when you can drop NFL big names like that to these high school kids and, look, their parents' eyes open up, the kids' eyes open up, when you can – Say that and say, oh, yeah, by the way, like this national championship ring I run with Saban, like when you can go in a room and do that, that kind of can, that's a, that's a quick way to close the gap. So I don't know. I'm not interested yet until I can bitch about it. That's fair. <laughs> Which I probably will at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the guy that they're, they, they've talked about several different people, but would you think the dude who's 34, or that Will Healy guy is, is that too much? There's always the hot pick, right? There's I always know. the, ooh, this guy's going to be the one. He's, uh, where's he out of Charlotte? I yeah. believe so. Uh, Will Healy, yeah. He's 34. He has done well. Uh, looks like he worked at Austin PA. He turned them around. And then uh, in 2019, uh, Healy's got Charlotte to a 7 5 record in their first ever bowl game. Yeah. I, I think as he may be a fine hire. Again, we knew next to nothing about Gary Pinkle. Uh, when he was hired, I will say this though: uh, he had that this coach is going to face some of the similar issues that Gary Pinkle faced. He got a lot of fan apathy. Uh, attendance is poor. Uh, it's he, this coach has to do a lot very quickly if they want to look. They just <laughs> spent a lot of money on that south end zone, uh, and that thing was basically empty all season long. And that's not a good look for an SEC team. And that's definitely not a good look when you're operating in the red as an athletic department, which the Missouri has done the last two years. So you're going to need... How do you know that? Hmm? How do you know that? Uh, my fine sources at the Kansas City Star. Okay. But I think if you're going to... If you're going to have to be able to answer that, Will Hill right. may be a good coach, maybe fine. Uh, will he move the needle? I don't know if that moves butts to seats, but okay. he still may be the better guy, better person for the job. But it's going to be an uphill. Mizzou's going to need a lot of good PR over the next season in order to start so. to get folks to start showing up for both football and basketball. Because right now, Missouri students, Missouri students and boosters alike are just like, whatever, man. Whatever. At least yeah, for you, basketball, you, you got, got KU it. coming back on the schedule next year. So you have something to look forward to next season. I'm thinking Kansas should take Mizzou off again. Oh, boy. Here and you just go. just schedule Charlotte oh, Southern. There you go. Piece of shit. There you go. But I would, I think. Stop but, talking uh, to me like my mother. Nah. But, but this is what defines, as Jim Stark's point of view, you're defined on fundraising 
and what your head coach in football does. It's great. The other programs are great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Basketball, of course. Mizzou has never been a real – it's been a while before you can call it a basketball school. The Whenever I heard that – whenever, and I can't remember. Is it um, – I can't remember who the coach was. Um, you guys remind me. But whenever I heard when UConn became relevant there for a couple of years in football – uh, they were part of the Big East, and they made they were in the whatever. Mm-hmm. The, whenever I heard it was that Randy they, something was it okay? Randy well, they Edsel? were maybe. Uh, I can find out. I can Google it. But What's your point? The the point being, whenever I found out that their one okay year of football, like ten, like doubled over, maybe quadrupled any money their basketball team, which has been amazing yeah. for years, one decent season. From their football team made the university. Ton uh, money. I mean, I, I'm going to get out of I want to say 10 times more than a basketball, a, a, a national championship basketball team. Well, we definitely been. see the gap when it comes to revenue for these universities. We, uh-huh. Football is just miles ahead, even of the, like you just pointed out, Chris. You the could best say that probably basketball KU. Program. I'm sure you could. Hell, I, I would imagine that if you looked at even Duke, Duke is an incredibly sexless yeah, basketball have... program for a decade, but I imagine their football teams, their, their seven and five seasons revenue wise, do better for. For them, for the school, than a right. basketball team does. So, yeah, it, you, this it, is without any of our research, of course, correct. Lacking that, mm-hmm. but I know that this is what ultimately defines an AD. Um, uh, was it Castigliano down in Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. Castiglione, Castiglione, excuse yeah. me, uh, former assistant AD, I think at one point at Mizzou, uh, who took over the AD job at Oklahoma. He's defined by one of the greatest coaching hires of the entire time, and why I, I thought believe, he was the actual he, AD at and did he, he maybe he had been, but I, it's, I don't know if he's still there. I think he may have. Is he still there, AD at OU? The reason why I bring him up, he mm-hmm. look. The reason why he's able to keep his job as long as he has uh, isn't because of having Blake Griffin come play for the Sooners. It's because Bob Stoops has been <laughs> the bedrock of that university for years. So when you make that hire. That's what defines you as an AD. So Stark knows that yeah, he's this been... is the biggest decision he'll make of his tenure at Mizzou because if he misses here and basketball continues to struggle, it's, it's a strong likelihood that Jim Stark could also be looking at the unemployment line here in a couple seasons. So he has to nail this higher, and I believe he understands that. Castiglione has been at Oklahoma since 1998 and is currently still there. See, 20 was... years. The Mizzou AD from 1993 to 1998. Yikes. How did you fall into that? Wow. That's amazing. But again, he 93 went... to 98. I mean, yeah, I guess you had the Corby Jones teams. Some lean years at Mizzou. But it's as uh, Alden, Mike Alden would point out when he first was, when he was brought into the AD position at Mizzou, like it was a non-existent athletic department where you had employees walking around in other university gear. Like he said, it just, the, the vibe on campus was uh, Mizzou, something fun, something to do on a Saturday. Yeah. It wasn't a, a school for football like it is now, or at least it was for a period. Right. So, I don't know. I think Sterk seems like, uh, from what I've understood on the fundraising st- side, he's been a rock star. That's why the boosters and the donors are big fans of his because apparently he can walk in a room and he's getting a lot of important people to write some decent-sized checks. Now he has to just deliver on this coach and... These things aren't exact science, but if you get it right, you can be a hero for this university for decades to come. So I'm, I'm hoping he's able to do that. I don't know. 
Lane Kiffin, oh, God, that'd be funny. I know, that'd be funny. It's it'd be funny, funny, but then it also feels hollow. It would feel hollow because you know he would. Results change that really quick, though. It'd just so. be cool to see him around the Central West End this time of year. I guess. That'd be interesting. <laughs> dude, you won't believe what I saw at Wheelhouse. Lane Kiffin, dude. Kiff's at the Wheelhouse. Yeah. You get out there and party? With Pareko. <laughs> just down there, hanging out at Wheelhouse. With the Blues. That's crazy. Doing shots. <laughs> Doing jello shots. Doing fireball. <laughs> Wasn't he saying he's going to turn FAU into a power? Yeah, it's not to that. I don't, I don't really pay attention to what he says right. much. Anymore. He does have some funny tweets here and there. Yeah. Can I, can I, um, I'm going to take something off the board for next week for Great American Race because it's that, I think it's that funny. Okay. Um, I won't use it against your people this week, but I just wanted to share the story because I, I, I think some of these analysts, uh, like us, they spend a lot of time talking in front of the mic, and oftentimes, like us, mm-hmm. will say something incredibly stupid. And it seems like Florida Atlantic nine and three this year. By the way. Oh shit! <laughs> okay. Oh, now you won Lane Kiffin. <laughs> oh wow! They've went eleven and three, five and seven, nine and three. Okay, I bet. Not crazy. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers recently suspended radio analyst Tim Ryan yeah. on Wednesday after he said on a Bay Area radio station that Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson's dark skin helps him disguise a dark football when running fake handoffs in Baltimore's zone read heavy offense. <laughs> Ryan will not be a part of the broadcast this Sunday against the New Orleans Saints while serving the suspension. Um <laughs> Obviously, you know, 49ers put out the statement and said they were disappointed. But this is what Ryan said. He made comments earlier in an interview on the Murph and Mac show on KNBR radio in San people, Francisco. People would be tanning for would have been tanning for years, right? <laughs> like, that, like this is the, this is the I hot take. I can get my skin really dark. Like I can Spray get my on skin really dark. Yeah, he's really good at that fake, Lamar Jackson. But when you consider his dark skin color. With a dark football with a dark uniform, you could not see that thing. I mean, you literally could not see when he was in and out of the mesh point. I don't Says see what Tim the big Ryan. deal is. <laughs> Jackson, of course, led Baltimore to a win this past Sunday against the 49ers with rushing for 101 yards and a touchdown on 16 carries. This is. Uh, so he's just saying he's a fan of black quarterbacks. I, I, I think that's one way to put it. <laughs> I think that's what that's one <laughs> advantage I'd never heard of before. Yeah. Um, you get it. Yeah. I I I don't know Tim Ryan personally, uh, and I would imagine there are enough people that will vouch for him as being a good character. Uh, this was a stupid mistake, but it was a mistake nonetheless. Yeah. I don't think there was any ill intent behind that. I think he was just being he was an idiot. I still I think he's just a plain old stupid idiot. I've seen Tim Ryan it do is funny. Uh, national games before on yeah. Fox, and I've always said he's got like that shadowy beard look. Yeah, he. I don't want him to be known for this. I want him to be known for what I want him to be known for, which is a guy who looks like he would fit in perfectly in a Just for Men commercial. Like, absolutely. Right, like poster perfect. boy. Yes. Yeah. He, he should be. Oh, look okay. at a picture of him. I know this guy. He could be in a Just for Men commercial with the beard the way he has it. Yeah. And I give, I give Ryan credit. Uh, this is what he says. I regret my choice of words in trying to describe the conditions of the game. Lamar Jackson is an MVP caliber player, and I respect him greatly. I want to sincerely apologize to him and anyone else I have offended. That's yeah, how it's done. That's, that's yeah. I mean, not to be funny, but we talk about, you know, woke culture, PC culture in this world. Like, Tim Ryan recognizes that, oh, shit, I, in trying to make a football point, I clearly it's just kind of screwed weird. that up. It was weird. It was weird. It was yeah. wrong. I offended people. I offended the Lamar Jackson. 
Uh, and I apologize to not only the organization, but to the Ravens and their fans. Like, that's how it's supposed to be done. And now this will be a non-issue. Tim Ryan will we'll forget about this by the end of the year. It's done and over with. It's a silly mistake. And- here's, here's how I'll put it. What he said is not worse than when other analysts were saying he shouldn't be a quarterback before he went yes. to the NFL. Yes. <laughs> Bingo. There are people who said the potential league MVP yeah. should not have been a quarterback. Now go after those oh, yeah. guys. Those are the guys you truly go, go after. Yeah, go after them. Go after them. Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan. What he said is not worse than that. Right. I completely agree with you there. And again, like I said, I think... Just even in the school of PR and common sense, this is how you handle it. You apologize to not only the person you were talking about, but to anyone who else may have been offended, and it's Mm -hmm. over with. Tim Ryan will get to keep his job, and guess what? He'll be fine. He won't have people protesting at games. No one will be screaming for his job on the internet. It's over with. So for everybody who's like, oh, we're so soft in this country. We're so so petty. I know. I apologize. I don't know why I make that. That's what they sound like to me. That's what they sound like. Sorry, I appropriated. That's fair. All right. Who are your shout-outs today, guys? Really? Holiday season, no one to shout out? Don't know. Okay. Chris, who are you shouting out today? Oh, man. I'm going to... Shout out the people who make every stop sign awkward. Oh. If we could just, if we could just do the right of way thing, yeah, it would make be it, helpful. It's just so yeah, easy. That would be helpful. And then you get the people who in St. Louis, like we got all these crazy drivers, they'll whip around into the lane and then cut you off and all this stuff. But yeah, big shout out to the uh, to the people that just go when it's their turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that happens every day. Every day. And then you do this. And all you have to do is just, if you were there first, you go. Mm-hmm. We don't have to play games. I'll shout out to uh, Josh Brolin for burning his butthole. Mm, I saw this story, sadly, on TMZ. Now, give people a... Uh, what, 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 he's doing this new thing that apparently the influencers are doing. The perineum sunning. Oh, God. What is this? Is this a joke? Apparently, it's just for 30 seconds is all you need. And uh, I don't know what it helps. I don't know what it does. I feel like this um, is the new Tide Pods for 2019. I don't know if someone's trying to pull pull one over on I you. Think, I think they are, right? But, uh, this isn't a thing thing. This is a ha-ha-ha, let's make fun of how stupid we will do things so that influencers say. Is that the, you know, the scientific or medical term for the uh, area between your, your, butt, your butthole and the, mm. in the, in the genitals, right? So they're doing perineum uh, sunning, I guess is the deal. Jesus, I don't people. like I said. I don't know what it's supposed to help. Mm. Um, I guess there's some good it can do, but they had Josh Brolin doing it, uh, and he said he had to go to the doctor because he had burned himself, uh. and that's going to happen when you're given an area of sun that normally doesn't get it. I want to open a, a line of tainting salons mm. instead of tanning salons mm. in St. Louis now. So you just replace the. Instead of tanning, you just yeah, t- tainting salons, okay? Something. It's okay. an idea. I think that could work. Okay. Or at least have a room in your tanning salon where it's the tainting salon. I find uh, this has to be Josh Brolin just fucking with. This is a That's what of a I'm wondering. Joke. We need more details than just an Instagram post. That's where he revealed it. Yeah, I think so Josh he Brolin. He called it his pucker hole. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... 
right. Oh, boy. There you go. Oh, boy. He burned mm-hmm. his pucker hole and had to go to the doctor to uh, relieve some of the pain and uh, discomfort. <sighs> mm. Big shout out to our friends at Gateway Powder Coating for supporting this. Mm. Maybe they could powder coat Mr. Uh, Roland's pucker hole? Roland. Mm. Yeah, that'll, uh, that'll do. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. shout out to them. Shout out to Tech Electronics. Shout out to all of our great sponsors. Uh, if you have time tonight, 6 o'clock at Sophie's, Buzz's Wine Grill, come eat beforehand. It's going to be a great time. Trav will be there to shake your hand, and uh, thank you for coming out. And then 8.30 at a Gastro Pit on the Hill. So join us. Two shows tonight. Going to be a blast. Uh, guys, thanks for tuning in today. We're live tomorrow, 8 a.m. We're going to have a lot of fun. And then we also have uh, Godfrey coming by. He's at Helium all weekend. So, Travis, Gardner, thanks, everybody. We're back tomorrow, live at 8 a.m. Peace. Burned his pucker hole. Oh, boy.